John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. This is the High Gain Podcast, John. It most certainly is. It's a little warm in this basement today. It is. We've had fans running. I had global yeah. warming. Yeah, we had to turn the fans off so it didn't bother you, the viewer. Yes. We didn't want you seeing the fans going. That whoosh of air. Yeah. Where are we recording? We are recording subterraneanly. Yep. In beautiful West Seattle. Okay. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the difference between heads and no heads. Yeah. (laughs) The revolution. Bust out the guillotines. Have Uh, a discussion uh, with the billionaires about distribution of uh land and resources. This can go any number of ways. Yep. Guillotine, rope. Yeah. Firing squad. Sure. Electric chair. Lethal injection. Man. I think that's all of them. Drawing, quartering. Oh, the drawing and the quartering. Go real medieval on their ass. We have been watching that series of Vikings. Oh, sure. Did you watch it? I have not, but, you know, COVID TV time is a thing, right? So yeah. we've rewatched the entire Sopranos, uh-huh. rewatched Breaking Bad, watched Better Call Saul, watched Ozark, watched yep. Succession more than once. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe Vikings now. They've got a thing, the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, they called the Blood Eagle. That's in Midsommar. There's one book that has a reference to the Blood Eagle, and it's where they would split your back open, break your ribs out, and then pull your lungs out and make like wings with your lungs. Yeah. That is pretty low on my list of ways to go. You have no sense of art or drama, do you? <laughs> I, yeah, it would make a statement. You really have to have fucked some shit up for people to go like, what are we going to do to this guy? Blood Eagle. Yeah, the Blood Eagle, Ed. I saw the sun. It opened up my eyes. I saw the sun. Life is demanding. We 
Beverages. Beverages, Ed. I can picture 80s stuff. I, I don't know who that was. That was our good friend's Ace of Base. Okay, yes, of course. Yeah, and their song, The Sign, from 1993. Yeah. Huh. Seems like just yesterday, really. I would have pinned that closer to 83 than 93. Really? Uh, yeah. I picture it as almost a new wavy song. They did do it more up-tempo. Yeah. I brought it down. Of course. So I'm fighting that hearing John's rendition with what I imagine it sounds like in my brain, and I picture it... Jumpier? Older. Ace of Base? Yeah. They're Swedish. That I find extremely unsurprising. I bet those guys have never blood-eagled anyone. Maybe. I don't know. I think they do a lot of wild shit up there. Maybe they don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. What are you drinking, Ed? I have my regular juice. You know, I went juicy boy. I noticed that. I am trying to get to a color uh -huh. that you will even try. You know, I've completely removed beets from the equation. Yes. They're gone. I think it's the kale that, like, is throwing you because it's a little brown. Well, you've moved out of the kind of... Aquatic fecal matter that we discussed last, last time. Yeah, a few weeks ago. I think you are approaching a rich cappuccino color. It kind of is, right? Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Or, you know, baby poop. Right. It does have <laughs> that thing. Maybe it's the combination uh -huh. of two carrots and a bunch of kale. This is a 21st century, Ed. Yeah. And you are now a full-fledged member of the juicing community. Sure. I'm sure you got the welcome package and yes. the user's manual, the whole nine yards. Exactly. Somebody must have some thoughts about creating more pleasing colors. I'm just trying to Wild West this thing. I'm not trying to go by the book. By the book? I don't think you're deliberately not going by the book. You just didn't read it. I can't be bothered with the book. So, five apples, a lemon, a pear... <laughs> Kale, carrot, ginger, I think that's it. Delicious. And it's too late in the afternoon today, so I'm just going water. Ed does not have the coffee. backup coffee. No. I saw that he had made that decision, and I decided to compensate. I have two backup coffees. <laughs> I will drink Ed's for him. Okay, cool. I also have Ed. Yeah. Milo's family-made famous sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Hi, Junior. <laughs> Apparently, Milo's was a restaurant. Milo was a person. He was married to B. Yeah. And they had a restaurant. Yeah. Right around World War II. Right. When Milo came back. From the war. From the war. His vision was to make a tea with all natural ingredients to feed to the people. I mean, I guess I can buy that. It seems weird that you go off to the war, Private Milo. Yeah. Fighting the Jerry's in Germany, right? The Jerry's. Right? I think I can say the Jerry's. What does that even stand for? What's the derivation of that? I don't know. But Milo goes off and like <laughs> you're sitting there in the fucking bunker or whatever, wherever. Wishing you had some tea. Is it sweet tea? It is. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. That actually makes more sense because it's from, I don't know, somewhere in Alabama. They're silly for the sweet tea down there. Pure cane sugar. Yeah, I'm just not into sweet tea like that. Also available in gallon sizes. Yeah, sure. I don't know what ever happened to Milo. Yeah. I'm not going to pre-dong him. No. But the company is currently women-owned. I saw that. That's super interesting. You know, is this multi-generations of Milo and B? Generationally, you don't hear a lot of Bs. Is that like Beatrice? Sure. Maybe? We had the discussion about four-year-old Dinah. Yeah. I don't have the same thing for B. Well, you're probably wondering at this point, Ed. Yeah. What this guitar is that I have plugged into with its funky looks. Yeah. This is a Kiesel. Yeah. A Kiesel Delos. D-E-L-O-S. That's evocative of uh, Westworld. Was it called Delos? Probably a week ago, I watched the 1973 Westworld. Ooh. And a lot of the callouts in the series are from the movie. So it was Delos Corporation in the 73 movie. Wow. Yeah. This feels like the guitar that would come out of the Delos Corporation. It could be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's got no head. It's got no head. Yep. The Delos model made by Kiesel, K-I-E-S-E-L, Yeah. is not necessarily headless. Rather, headless is an option you can get if oh. you order a Delos. So you can get a version of this with a headstock. Yes. So at that point, you're buying a Strat. Yeah, this particular configuration is single, single humbucker. You can get any configuration you want in keeping with the Kiesel model, which is to basically offer you hundreds of different things you can get. Yeah, but overall, S-shaped guitar. I think so. But you know, yeah, this doesn't start out of nowhere, Ed. Okay. Would you like to know about Kiesel? A little bit I'd like to know about them. Maybe a little more than a little bit? <laughs> We're going to go back to fighting the Jerrys. Okay. In World War One. Oh, World War One. A guy is born in the middle of Nebraska, Ed. Okay. A little baby. Okay. I don't know if he's born smoking, but he's born nonetheless. 1915. His name is Lowell C. Kiesel. Maybe we call him L.C. Old L.C. Kiesel. Okay. In Eustis, Nebraska. Man. The names, Lowell, B, Milo, uh-huh. Kiesel. Yeah. Eustace. Elsie is born in Eustace. Yeah, 1915. He grows up in what I must imagine in 1915 was a rural, idyllic place. Rural. What? I'm agreeing with the rural part. I'm not sure I'm going heavy with the idyllic. Purely visually. Sure. Don't make me talk about people's politics and... Shitting in a hole in the ground and... Don't talk about that. No, we can talk about that part. Though. Oh. That's pretty idyllic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, he grows up playing all kinds of instruments. And he has a particular fondness for what is very popular at that time, the Hawaiian lap steel guitars. Cool. People were nutty for the Hawaiian music. Mm-hmm. He became so good at it. Yeah. He's playing for radio stations in the area. Nebraska, Kansas, all around, playing his Hawaiian lap steel. He's that good a player. Commercials and stuff, like in between, that kind of thing? Actual programs. Oh, like would come in and they would just have a show and he would be the slide guy. I'll bet it was like that back then in idyllic Kansas and Nebraska. It's just like you drive your little Model T and you're like, Yep. Say, Mac, I play lap steel. 
how's about you put me on the radio? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Not unlike a modern day podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy wants to pull up in a Model T and a lap steel guitar. We will give you a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, 1915, 1920, 1930, in and around that range, people are starting to kind of work on electronics. Yep. Oh, you can put this thing called a pickup in a guitar. Yep. LC is taken by this. He wants to make his own pickups. He figures out how to do it and starts doing it. He's winding his own pickups, LC. Very enterprising, LC Kiesel. I love it. He's a child of the Depression. Yes. Hard scrabble. The children of the Depression have a whole different thing in their brain. We've got gig economy, but I think there's a big difference between gig economy and what a depression would be like. Right. Like massive unemployment. Yeah. I think it probably has a way of changing your outlook. Well, he saves up enough money doing that and has learned enough technically to uh, try his hand in the wider world. He moves to California. That's great. But then, you know, the World War II comes. Mm. But he didn't go to the World War. Oh. He worked building the P-1 Mustang fighter planes. In P-1, California. Yeah. It was there that he met and married his dear wife, Agnes. Ah, great. Another old school name. Oh, no. 2007, we lost Agnes. What about LC? We lost him in 2009. 2009, born 1915. Wow. That guy was not screwing around. Good for him. No, Elsie, not messing around. No, that's a good long run. Elsie and Agnes? Yeah. Kicking it. It's that SoCal lifestyle. You get out of idyllic Nebraska and you go SoCal. Yeah. You know, he's probably pulling grapefruit off his tree, having his grapefruit for breakfast. Great. Okay. Very healthy. Great. So after the World War goes away... Yeah. He starts a pickup company. He calls it the L.C. Kiesel Company. Okay. In San Diego. Beautiful San Diego, California. He wants some more sun. And he's making the pickups with a motor he took out of Agnes's sewing machine. <laughs> what does Agnes think about that? I got to think that L.C. buys Agnes a new sewing machine. That's probably true. Okay. But maybe they got homesick? They briefly moved back to Nebraska, to the town that L.C. grew up in. Eustis. Well, born in Eustis, oh. grew up in Gothenburg, Nebraska. I lived in Omaha in my various travels. I've spent some time in Nebraska, so I'm not completely unfamiliar, but Eustis, don't know where that is. Uh, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Only okay. one other place on the planet named Gothenburg, and that's in Sweden. Oh, I don't know why I just picture Gothenburg as like... Super Swedish. Yeah, like just hearing the name, I picture it as being heavily European influenced. Also from Gothenburg, Sweden. Yeah. Ace of Base. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Anyway, it didn't take it. No? I guess they'd had enough of that after just a couple of years or so. Yeah. They go back to SoCal. I find this very unsurprising. What's that? Going back to SoCal. Oh. Fuck Nebraska. After one winter, maybe Agnes was thinking, what are we doing? Yeah, Agnes knows what's up. I got to think he moved out to California and met Agnes in California. Right. So maybe she goes back to Nebraska with him and is what thinking, the hell? what have I done? <laughs> Come on. I didn't give up my fucking sewing machine for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. By this point, they're back in California and they have two kids already. 
I'm looking at pictures of Gothenburg, Nebraska. Is it horrible? I don't know. It's just flat and like grain silos and old houses. If you're looking to do guitar shit, what are you doing in Nebraska? If they've got two sons by the time they get back to L.A. Yeah. Maybe that's what they were doing in Nebraska. Oh, sure. Let's go up to the top of the grain silo. I want to show you something. Yeah, yeah. Well, what could possibly be up there? We get it, John. All right. <laughs> we don't need to do that. Mm-mm. These are fine youngsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're back at the Elsie Kiesel Company. Yep. In Baldwin Park, California now. Kiesel, California. Kiesel, California. And he changes the name of the company. He's going to do one of those fancy portmanteau things, Ed. Sure. So he's got himself a couple of sons. Okay. He's going to use his son's names and create a portmanteau. Yeah. What would you do if you had two boys named Carson mm-hmm. and Gavin? I would start Carvin? Yes. How'd I do? You did great. I knew a little bit of this story. You looked ahead, didn't you? I knew a little bit of this story. Don't worry about how I found that information <laughs> out. Portmanteaus, we love them. Yeah. And he adds amplifiers to the line. By now, he knows how to build those. Sure. Very crafty guy. And he's making parts for the amplifiers out of a newfangled material called Resinox. Ooh, cool. Similar to Bakelite? That's exactly what I was going to say. The trademark for Resinox? Yeah. Expired in 1993. Okay. There you go. Do we want to pick up the Resinox mantle? Oh. Maybe we start making Resinox knobs? Old school knobs? I'm sure they're not completely cancerous. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> Are you sure of that? <laughs> no. Maybe that's why nobody picked it up. Yeah. There are still early examples of Kiesel's stuff. His line, the stuff he made. Yep. His pickups, amps. You Tell me again, what year did he change it to Carvin? That was 1949. Okay. So there's no Kiesel branded solid body electrics, clearly. But you can still to this day find old Kiesel amps. I don't even have the slightest idea how many of any of this sure. stuff he made. Okay. If I had to guess, maybe the lap steels were the easiest to make and were the most popular. So yeah. maybe there's more of those around? Sure. Here's an interesting thing he did, Ed. He was going around to shops and putting ads in magazines, trying to kind of expand his line and sell more stuff. When he came up with the idea of, why don't I just make a mail order catalog? Yep. That's what he did. 1954. Yeah. And it starts to take off. So he is able to expand his line into other things besides the products he himself makes. Yep. And I thought that was wild because for a while in the 50s, he was an authorized manufacturer and reseller for Fender and Martin. Oh, weird. What? Isn't that strange? Reseller? Okay, I can get. But manufacturer? I have no idea. Weird. Okay. And he sold DeArmond pickups as well as his own. Okay. He's getting a little kind of core group of products that he's able to sell and make money. You and I are both old enough that every year when we were kids, the Sears catalog and the JCPenney's catalog would come in the mail probably in October or something for the Christmas season. Yeah. And you would just spend hours and hours and hours looking at every single toy. At the time, I didn't play guitar. I was always looking at just like the toy stuff. And the Carvin mail order catalog 
continued into the 80s, maybe? If not longer? I think longer. Maybe they still Um, send it. I have no idea. Do they? I'm not sure. But long enough that I remember getting Carvin catalogs and actually looking through them. And like, I didn't even play guitar at the time. And for whatever reason, I remember totally like designing guitars from that catalog. That had to be like mid to late 80s. I didn't know that he had started doing it that way in the 50s. That's pretty cool. How many specialized mail-order catalogs were there in 1950? I can totally picture guns. That's a very targeted audience, you know? Like As it were. Big and... Oh! Hey! <laughs> you know, the South. How many people in the South get gun catalogs? Car catalogs? No end of car catalogs. So they're doing this all the way up until about 1970 when LC's kid, Mark Kiesel... Yeah. He comes on board, starts working for the company. Yep. And he starts a mail order business for just guitars. Yeah. As opposed to all the other stuff Carvin was handling, Mark is like, let's focus in on these guitars. And that's what I remember. I remember the guitar-focused thing. Yeah. So there is a weird thing here where we've been talking about this, and we're talking about the Carvin company, not the Kiesel company. At this point in the story, they are one and the same. But when you ordered something from Carvin, you never got a guitar that said Kiesel on it. No. Okay. Same ownership. It's been the same ownership this whole time. Okay. Family owned. Family owned. It's got a pedal. What do you got, Ed? I have got, from my own personal collection, a Old Blood Noise Endeavors Procession. Ooh. This one's reverb with stuff. This is a reverb pedal, but it's got this multifunction thing where there's flange, filter, and tremolo. The reverb feeds into those effects. What's like what you would consider a baseline sound? The knobs are speed and depth. Right. Those two knobs control the modulation effects. There's a switch here that goes flange, filter, and tremolo. Got it. Then there's reverb and mix. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. I've got it set reverb way up, and I've got it in the flange mode. I don't have the mix super high. Listen to this, where you're setting a pad. some light grit in that. Hell yeah. I'm going to go into filter mode. Okay, filter mode. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. 
There is an expression pedal uh, you can hook up. I don't have that hooked up, so I'm just kind of doing it for you. Let's go into this last mode. Here's some tremolo. Okay, tremolo mode. This is what we like to call John's mode. Maybe I should add tremolo to that tremolo. <laughs> of course. put the new recovery effects gallows in the morning pedal yeah yeah at the beginning of the chain oh shit. just as a pad Elsie Kiesel would be so stoked if he saw this going on right now. He would be freaking out. What is this madness you're doing? That's what Elsie would say. Yeah. He'd love it. He'd be smoking the weed dope. Yep. Vibin'. Hey, thanks for bringing that pedal, Ed. You got it. That's the Old Blood Noise Endeavors procession. It sounds great. I love it. You heard a little of the guitar via that pedal. Yep. We talked about the humbucker and the bridge on this example. Yep. Nick. One volume, one tone. One volume, one tone. Yep. In the middle. Takes a little bit of grit. Is that like bird's egg blue? What do they call it? It looks kind of like Daphne blue to me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Kiesel opts for straightforward descriptions on their site. This is light blue. That's great. Yeah. That is very much a light blue color, yeah. This particular headless model has a rock maple neck. Yeah. The bridge is a tremolo bridge with the fine tuners because yep. there is no headstock. Yep. The frets are stainless steel, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Otherwise... It's pretty Strat-like. For sure. Yeah. So how does this happen? Why is this called a Kiesel Ed? Yeah. Well, in the late 70s, with the advent of that Carvin catalog with all those guitars, I think there were a lot of guitarists doing what you were describing, where the catalog comes and you go through one page at a time, just ogling all the stuff. Yep. Some of these were the Shreddy Boys, like Jason Becker and mm -hmm. Marty Friedman. Okay. When they got old enough, they ended up buying Carvins. In the case of those two, Jason Becker and Marty Friedman, ended up endorsing them. I should know who those dudes are, and I don't. They're shreddy guys. I trust you on that. So a lot of those guys are playing the Carvin stuff into the golden age of the butt. Yeah. Early 80s, all through the 80s, into the 90s, before grunge killed the butt. <laughs> yeah. So into that nonsense yeah. comes another generation of Kiesel. Okay. Our man Jeff. Okay. Jeff joins a company in 95. L.C. DeMarc? To Jeff. Yeah. And Jeff is Mark's? Son. Got it. Three generations of Kiesels. Great. So in 2015, yeah. 
the great split happens. Yeah. This is how we get Kiesel. Right. They decide, okay, Carvin as a corporation is sufficiently massive Yeah. right now. Let's just break off the guitars from Carvin and start a whole separate company. I am far more surprised by that statement than what I guess I thought you were going to say. What did you think? Carvin is dead. No. I have no idea what Carvin does because I have not thought about those guys in forever. This is a Kiesel guitar. I wouldn't have been surprised to hear, oh, Carvin went bankrupt. And so they spun off this guitar arm and it's the only thing viable. No, a Carvin is still a thing. Okay. Now, additionally, as of 2015, is Kiesel. I don't know if guitar aficionados think that's a good or a bad thing. I can imagine a world in which, like, the Carvin specialists are like, oh, is that a pre-Kiesel or post-Kiesel guitar? Yeah, like, is Kiesel better now? I have no idea. They're made in the U.S. You can still order a crap ton of features. I will tell you this, their website is dopey. A little hard to get around that. Oh, God, this is terrible. Yeah, but whatever you want, they'll do it. Hey, Jeff Kiesel, throw John Kilteka like, a few bucks. I bet he could make a much better... Oh, my God. Yeah. This website is terrible, guys. It's pretty bad. Maybe the thing is, we're talking about Gen 1 born in 1915. Yeah. LC? Yeah. Okay. That guy, we give him a big pass on not having a real up-to-date website. Are we talking about the guitar you're holding? Should we talk about the headless guitar I'm holding, or should we just talk about Kiesel as a brand? Let's do both. Light blue headless guitar you are holding. Deny. Deny. Headless guitars with the weird tuning in the back and just all that shit weirds me out. There are not enough toe shoes in the world (laughs) to make me want this. Yeah. So that's my take on that. Okay, what about one with a headstock, but not the fancy hippie wood, just maybe like a solid color? I'm looking at the page right now, and I could imagine there's a world where I could design one of these things. Yeah. Unfortunately, this webpage is bad enough that it's not real easy to find all the features you could do. Weirdly, I feel like it would be easier to do this with a paper catalog. (laughs) Maybe they need to go back to their roots and send me a fucking catalog, because this thing's making my head hurt. Let me summarize for you, then. Yeah. Headless, not in a million years. More standard featured offerings, maybe or yes? 1200 bucks. yeah. It's a buy. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. I don't see anything wrong with it. You've been in that thing where you kind of want a metal-y guitar. Single pickup metal boy? Yeah, you could get that from these guys for sure. Maybe I need to take a second look at that crappy website. KieselGuitars.com. KieselGuitars.com. And when you're done with that, go to the high gain. Yeah. Dot com. Sure. Check out our stuff. You could go to Instagram and there's a link tree right there at the top and it could take you to everything. That's right. Yeah. Twitters and Facebooks and whatnot. You could see the whole thing. Sure. You could go to iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. We love it when you do that. Yeah. Leave a review. Okay. This was wildly successful, don't you think? I think we did a great job. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.